It's time for the Retire ASAP podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP show, where our goal is to get you free from work as soon as possible. My name is Taylor Fike, and with me I have Brad Fike, my trusty co-host. <laughs> yes, and like uh, my sidekick. I, I am talked a, about this last episode. Yeah, well, I get kicked up the side. I always kicked in the do. side a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like a can gets kicked, I get kicked. Yeah. Um, we had that conversation last time. I think so. So just, we won't stick with the same conversation. I just like having the ability to call you my sidekick. Is you know, I it know, just gives I me know. that that upper edge on you. It feels like you know when you're just high up on the pedestal, everybody's trying to knock you down. <laughs> Well, anyway, here we are. We're heading into the holiday season. It's the middle of November. We're getting ready to wrap up um, the year of 2021, which has been quite the interesting roller coaster. For many people, I would say that I've had more clients retire this year than I've had in the last multiple years combined. I think we're just seeing the come together of markets on the rise and people not liking the new work environment with certain protocols around COVID and different things of virtual. And there's just so many factors out there that we're just seeing a lot of people exit the workforce. And then you drive around anywhere here in Ohio, at least, and you see all these help wanted signs. They're desperate to find some people. It's just been quite the odd year. Yeah. And then when you go everywhere, there's massive traffic everywhere every day. That's because no one's working. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) I I drive around on a Wednesday or Thursday because, you know, I work, you know, two, three days a week in here. And no matter where I'm at, there's just people everywhere. And I'm like, what is everybody doing? They're doing what I'm doing, I guess. I guess they are. They're all working (laughs) two to three days or zero days a week. Or driving around working remotely with their phone and, you know, hooked to their Bluetooth to their car. And you just, you know, continue to do your run your errands and you're still working. It's, I mean, it's true. I mean, I, I mean, guess it's a different world. The virtual workforce is a totally different beast than what we're used to seeing and you know in previous years, but so as we head into the end of this year, we wanted to start a brand new series. And so from one of our listeners, I got this awesome suggestion for a series. So, I, Brad, have you heard of the book uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? It's by Stephen Covey. It's a pretty famous book. It's been around for a long time. Yes, um, I have. I don't. I have not read it. I have read pieces out of that from different sure. trainings I've been in. Some yeah. of our past coaching, they talked about Steve Covey a lot. So, yeah, I get. I, I have an idea. We're going to do a spinoff. Okay. Now, obviously, that title is trademark, so we would never want to steal somebody else's work. So no. instead, we're going to do five habits of financially effective people. Totally different. Completely different idea. Well, this is how the world spins. You just take a little bit of somebody else's and spin it a little bit different, and bingo, now you got uh, some good content. So this is this is how it is. It's it's so good. One one of our listeners, uh, Brandon, he, he was talking to me the other day, um, and he goes, I think this would be a really good series for you guys to do in your podcast. I'm like, thanks for this information. You don't get paid for any of this, but you may find Brandon as a co-host on here one day because he's he's hey just now. as engaged whoa, as either whoa, of us. Whoa, I think he's a new producer. The new podcast producer. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe. I don't new know. title. Let him know that it's a volunteer job. There's no pay for it. Well, I think he is an engineer, so he could be a podcast engineer. There you go. There slash you go. producer. So we're going to do five habits of financially effective people. So we're going to do a different habit on each episode, and we're still trying to work out the order and how we want to do these, but we're going to start this week with uh, the first habit, and that is keeping a long-term perspective as an investor. How important is that? Well, I think it's hugely important, but first I want to disclaim that 
none of our five habits are the same as any of Covey's seven habits. This is true. We just use the number, right? The five habits instead of seven habits. So we're not using, you know, taking his seven things and putting it. We're doing our own. And and I would tell you right now, go buy his book because I think it's a great book. It talks a lot about leadership principles and things that you should do if you want to be successful in your personal life, your business life, whatever it is. But yeah, we are not using any of those principles. We're just really stealing the catchiness of the title. That's about it. Yeah, because we're very catchy people. You know us, marketing gurus around here. We like to get our phrases all lined up and such. That's it. So back to what the question was. um, Long-term perspective. So how important is that as an investor? They need to build the habit of having a long-term perspective. Why? Well, I think if you want to be successful as an investor, you have to have that that mindset. And uh, I also believe that those who don't are not successful investors almost 100% of the time. Because they get emotionally caught up in the yo-yo roller coasty ride of the markets. And when they have a down year or a bad year, they panic, go to cash. Some of them never get back out of cash. Some of them uh, wait till the next uh, downturn, right before the next downturn, before they go in the market. Because everything has to be beautiful and peachy and cream. And then they get in and then, you know couple months later the market crashes again right so and then they have this you know complete mindset of failure and the markets suck and then you know you can't make any money or my guy ripped me off because you know he let me be that way and i think the long-term perspective importance is you have to have an advisor that is going to keep you on a long-term perspective and but first of all it has to be educated up front well, I think you hit the nail on the head right there, uh, Brad, because if you think about it, um, well, actually, we, we've we seen research numbers about this in, in a couple of different places, and there's a study that goes out, and, and it uh, studies different returns of investors over lots of time periods, and I won't name the study because I don't have the numbers right in front of me, and I don't want to misquote it, but all I remember from that study is that the investor's average return was dismal. And what they cited in the study as the reason for that is exactly what you just said. Investors panic when the markets go down, they get out. They wait till things look really good when the markets are back up and high and they get back in. So they already have this small amount of money that they lost all their returns on. They want to get back in when the market's high. And then shortly after they get back in, markets crash again and they jump back out. And what they never get to experience is the long-term effects of growing markets. They never get to see what that looks like for their portfolio because they're getting in and out and trying to time everything in the market. And so it's always interesting to think if they would have just stayed in the market versus trying to get in and out. And you know, this is all hypothetical. I don't know. I'm not that investor. But if they would have just stayed in the market, I wonder if their experience would have been so much better return-wise, wealth-wise, retirement-wise, if they would have stopped playing around and just waited things out. Oh, absolutely. And there's proof and facts and studies on people that have done that uh, research. And um, you know, it would be interesting to be able to to find some of that and put it up, but I've, I've read it and we've been coached on it in the past. Right. So yeah, there's, uh, you know, there is no red light and green light, right? And we've said this a million times. Mm-hmm. If the market is doing well right now, and actually I've had people recently tell me that they, they think they should get out because the market's doing so well. Mm-hmm. Now that is my first sign that they don't have a long-term perspective. Right. And we have very few of those because we've worked pretty hard. But every once in a while, somebody falls off the tracks 
and you got to get them back on. And so uh, I've had those conversations. So they think it's time that the red light is on and they need to get out and go to cash. And my conversation is, okay, let's say you do that. When are you going to go back in? Well, I don't know when things look better. Well, when is that? Well, I don't know. I'll know when it happens. No, you won't. There's no green light that comes on and says it's time to go. Because there is the emotional factor now that I'm sitting in cash there's always that news media and all that negativity once the market does go down before you as it's even though it's going up very slowly it's a zigzaggy up and down roller coaster right. up it's not just like all of a sudden it shoots up so people sit and wait and wait and wait until all the news media and everybody's positive well by then you missed out on all the bulk of probably the run back up and so now I've missed it. And so that's when I go back in. This is where I say they go back in. And now the it's all peachy and cream out there. And then the markets do their thing again. Mm-hmm. So it's just a terrible, terrible ride. And I feel sorry for those people. But they need an advisor or a coach to advise them and educate them on that long-term perspective. Well, I think it's funny you say that because I think if we look at the last five years, if someone had a nice diversified portfolio over the last five years, they would have had wonderful returns. But what you said there is so funny that people will wait until the news media or until everything's positive. If I look back at the last five years of news media, would I find anything positive in it? Probably not. No. Even when the markets and the economy was booming. Now, we had COVID in the middle of all that, and that's a nice big speed bump if you look at the actual charts of what the markets have done. But over the last five years, if you stayed in the market, had a good diversified portfolio, you made a lot of money. But yet, if you were to look at what the news media was telling you about those markets, oh, it's doom and gloom for tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow it's going to be down. And then the next day, it might actually be up. And what ends up happening is it's not about what happens the next day. It's what happens over the next years. And in a five-year window that sounded so dark and dismal if you were watching the news every day, it turns out that you would have been very, very well off to stay in the market that whole time. Right. Yeah. And I know people that are in cash currently and have been since pre-COVID. Which blows my mind. And they're not ready to go back in. And I've, uh, not clients of mine, friends. And I've had conversation is, when are you going to go back in? Well, when this all settles out. Well, I hate to tell you this, but you've probably missed out on about a 50% run in certain circumstances. And that's just a general number, I'm saying. But uh, in general, an aggressive portfolio, you might have uh, missed out on... uh, Double-digit returns. Massive double-digit returns. Like We're talking about life-changing wealth. I mean, that's the thing that happens. And I think we've talked about this in past episodes, is that when markets dip and people panic, there's a massive transfer of wealth. From those who panic, they give their money away and they give their shares away, really, is what they're doing. They're selling their shares at a discount to those who are willing to buy them and stay in the market during that time period. And what happens is, as long as those companies that you're invested in don't all go down to zero, you end up coming back much stronger than what you went down at. Now, there's no guarantees in the market, so I don't want to sit here and say that you know there's no risk in investing, because depending on what kind of portfolio you look at, if you're in an individual stock portfolio or, or you're looking at maybe trading some cryptocurrencies or things like that, there's a lot more risk in those things, right? But if you're looking at a diversified portfolio of ETFs or mutual funds, and you specifically engineer that portfolio to have a broad spectrum of assets in different categories of the market you're going to experience something way better over the long term than you could possibly experience in some short-term guessing and speculating, right? You have to be thinking 
everything has to be based off the objective of the portfolio. And I think you wanted to mention a little bit about this. What is it that clients or individual investors need to really be looking at in their portfolios? What do they need to know about their portfolio to keep this long-term perspective? Well, you know how we've separated emotional, behavioral. There's two sides to to this whole picture of uh, financial planning and investing and the whole, there is the logical factual side, which are the numbers, right? You know, do I have the money, money in, money out, all that good stuff, which we've talked about in the past. And then the emotional and behavior side. So you have to start with the factual side in this kind of a conversation for Mm -hmm. long-term investing. We start and go, you need to understand how your portfolio that you're looking at or thinking about investing in, how it works exactly. What am I investing in? And once I know and understand what I'm investing in, what is the historical sequences of that type of an investment? Now, we all know that past performance is not indicative of future, right? We know right. that. and But we can look at empirical evidence going back historically and go, well, this is what it's done in all these different scenarios. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean the future is going to be identical to this, but we have a pretty good idea that, you know what, this is going to give you somewhere in this expected area with this expected type risk. So you do that and have to know exactly what you're investing in. Here's a perfect example. I get phone calls for people who want to buy cryptocurrency. I, we don't sell it. And, you know, I'm not against it. I just, it's nothing, not for me. And it's not for me to uh, advise my clients to get into. If they want to go do it, that's up to them. But, and you go, well, what do you know about cryptocurrency? And they go, well, not really much, but it's just going crazy. It's like, so if you don't know what you're investing in, why would you ever put your hard-earned dollars into something like that? Yeah, And this is the same way with long-term perspective and portfolios. How can you have a long-term perspective on cryptocurrency when you don't have empirical evidence to show you that it actually is valuable for some reason? There really isn't any value to it to me. And, you know, you don't know what that's going to look like and you don't understand how it works. Right. So factually wise, you got to understand what you're invested in. You got to know the history of what those kind of portfolios have done. And then once you have that understanding, then we flip over to the emotional behavior side of the conversation and go, okay, now that you know how this works, let's talk about how you feel about how that works and then talk about up markets and down markets and standard deviations. We're going into terms that, you know, it's a, it's a process of education. And I think that's the key to it. I think you're right. It's so interesting. We look at our portfolios in our office and we look at some of the, the ways that they're designed. And we've talked to lots of portfolio managers and they will tell you that when they choose certain individual holdings within certain mutual funds, what they will do is they are looking at a three-year, a five-year, and an eight-year perspective. They never buy a company going, I'm going to buy this today and flip it next month. That's never in their mind. And the reason that is, is because the way that those portfolios are designed and the way those those companies are chosen is on these ideas of, we want to give this company and their management team and their vision and strategy at least three years to pan out. Now, it might be longer, might be five or eight years, depending on the type of vision and idea of the company. But if you don't know all that and you're not engaged in what your portfolio is doing and why it has what it has in it, yeah, obviously a long-term perspective is a little difficult. It would be difficult to say, oh yeah, I trust that this is going to work out really well over the next six months. If you're stuck in, in this little zone of this idea of watching the market go up and down and up and down and up and down. Now, if I tell you, 
look, this is what their management team is trying to do. These are the metrics they're trying to reach. This is what this company is trying to hit in the next six years. And you can start seeing those different, you know, dots on the chart of them heading towards that goal. You go, oh, I guess I can buy into this strategy. And what you find is that's on the micro level of the company. And most investors that we work with as clients, they'll never know all those details because they're they, they take too much time to learn and understand. But on the macro level, when you start combining that in with hundreds or thousands of different companies in your portfolio, and you start seeing, okay, I may not get a 25% return on my money in the next week, like in some cryptocurrencies. But what you might get is a 25% return on your money over the next three to five years. Those are different conversations. And when you start seeing those things pan out over long periods of time, regardless of market dips and regardless of market corrections, that they still play out in the positive way for you, you start to realize that these long-term perspectives are the only way to look at investing. Yeah, and it's going to give you more peace of mind understanding how all that works. You have to understand that. And not to knock anybody who wants to do it yourself and do the robo-advisor kind of thing, which you don't hear a lot about it, but they're still very popular Uh, you want to go out and do your own speculating, gambling. These are things that you're not going to learn any of the emotional behavior side of it. You're going to have to self-educate in that area. Some people will take all kinds of time and study the factual number side of investing if they're a do-it-yourselfer, but they rarely look at the emotional behavior side of it, which is how am I going to react when this stuff goes wacky? Am I just going to start hyper-trading, which is what I've seen other guys have done, And then it's a snowball effect to where all of a sudden now I don't really have returns that I expected because I'm I'm panicking. I am reinventing the wheel. And that's the behavioral uh, issue that comes with investing. And we all have it. Even as advisors, there's emotional days in here. You go, oh my gosh, did we do the right thing? But you have to trust the process and understand that you've done your due diligence. You thought through this. Yes, I'm going to stay the course because this will work. I know it works. Even though there's days where you go, oh, this is not good, right? Well, I mean, it's just what it's human nature. Yes, absolutely. And I was just having this conversation this morning with someone. They were here in my office and and she is thinking future retirement. She's thinking 20, 30 years down the road. and, And we're starting to do some math with some future value calculators and say, okay, how much money will you end up with if you average this amount and you have this amount going in per month and all this stuff. And it was really interesting if she puts away about $240 a month over the next 30 years, she's going to end up with well over $300,000 as she hits those average return numbers. Now, none of that's guaranteed, but you start seeing that $300,000 number and you're like, man, that's a big number. A lot of that is based on the idea that this is over the next 30 years for her, right? That biggest variable in her entire equation is time. How long are you going to be invested in getting that compound interest? You have to think in that because then we had a future conversation of, okay, that's my retirement, but I want to save up for a house. Okay, well, when do you want to buy the house? In the next two years. So we start calculating, well, how much are you going to need per month to have $30,000 for a down payment or whatnot? And it was a substantial monthly savings. And and she was like, man, I, I got to save a lot more to do this than I do for the retirement side. What's the difference in the in the difference of saving for a house and saving for retirement? It's the time frame. You have two years to save for a house. You have 30 years to save for retirement. Those are very different numbers of what you have to save in, in that time frame. The biggest thing is, is that longer term perspective allows you to get that compound interest for longer periods of time. And if you don't panic, those averages stay true. You're going to be in a much better place for that. 
But you got to realize that time is your biggest factor when it comes to investing. Right. And that's two different perspectives, too. If you're going to be in there for two two years, you're probably not, we're not going to recommend you even go in the market. And that was our conversation. You know, you're going to have to just put it away and not worry about return, mm-hmm. especially today, because there's right. no there's no short-term safe investment that's going to give you anything. So mm-hmm. you put it in your pillow almost. Right. <laughs> right. But you're- this is a time where I go, well, the bank or the pillow, I, it doesn't make any difference right now. Exactly. I mean, it's basically the same thing short term there isn't much out there and that's the magic recipe of investing is good consistent returns over long periods of time and how do you do that you find a good engineered portfolio that's diversified well taken care of that you know that you're going to be able to have for long periods of time with companies that you trust that are going to be around for a long time and then you just wait Now, there's some little things in the middle. There's rebalancing. There may be some changing within the portfolio, depending on the objectives of those companies and things like that. You can either let a professional do that or you do the research on your own as to how you decide those things. But it is not something that happens overnight. It happens over 10, 20, 30 years of time is where the wealth is built. It's not built in the first six weeks or the first six months. Patience. Patience, my friend. Long-term perspective. Yes, I like this. It is a habit of a highly effective financial person. Stay the course. That's true. Stay the course. That is our motto. You know, and every email that goes out to our clients, it is always signed, stay the course, you know, from us, from Brad, from Taylor, from the Fike Advisors team, because staying the course is just so important. So if you are out there and you're thinking, well, I do have a little bit of a trigger finger when it comes to trading my my portfolio and getting into those things, and you may want to start thinking about slowing some things down or getting some advice outside of that. That's what we're here for. Uh, Go to our website, fikeadvisors.com. There's a schedule now button. You can schedule your free consultation with us. It can be a phone call, in person, whatever you're most comfortable with. We can even do a Zoom call. Just get that scheduled. I just had a, a conversation with somebody last week who he's been managing his own portfolio. He's been doing great, made some really good money. But his, his problem is he goes, I just don't feel comfortable that I'm going to continue to do this. I need something that's a little bit more stable long term. All right, let's talk about that. Those are the kind of conversations we get to have in our office, and we'd love to have it with you. So schedule now, fikeadvisors.com. There's a button in the top right corner. Get on our calendar. Talk to us. We would love to help you with whatever you need help with financially. Yep. And uh, as always, stay very flexible. Stay flexible from our financial yoga. All right, everyone, have a good rest of your week. We'll pick up with the next habit of financially effective people in our next episode. Investment advisory services provided by Fike Advisors, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Please consult a professional before taking any action. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.